0: Good afternoon, this is Earth Matters on the Bigger Picture, and I'm Juliet Jacobs. The Pataling Jaya Dispersal Link or PJD Link is a proposed 34.3 km two lane dual carriageway expressway, which, as per its description, will act as a traffic dispersal for the Pataling Jaya area and serve as an alternative to traffic congested areas. Fully funded by the private sector without government subsidies, the proposed highway, which will be a told one, is also being mooted as a means to stimulate the economy which has been greatly affected by the COVID-19 pandemic. But there are many who are opposing this proposed highway though, including, but not limited to, Petalingjaya residents and other business owners in the area who are concerned that the highway may bring more problems than solutions. So today on the show, I'm going to speak to David Jung. He's the chairman of the Stakeholders Come Residents Against PJD Link, or Scrap Highway for short, about the concerns PJ residents and other stakeholders have about this proposal, which includes the fact that it may irreversibly change the green landscape of PJ. Welcome, David. How are you
1: today? Fine, thank you, Juliet.
0: Thank you so much for joining me today, David. So I very briefly mentioned, uh, you know, what this proposed PJD link is, but can you help explain what it is exactly? You know, just for clarity's sake.
1: Yeah. First of all, good afternoon to all the listeners, uh, Juliet. You have actually covered quite a bit of information. It is uh, four lane, dual direction from north to south, predominantly. Uh, it starts from uh, where the Damansara Toll is along the Sprint Highway, that is in the north, and it connects to Bandar Kinrara and Bukit Highway in the south. So it runs in both directions from the north to the south and south to the north, mm-hmm. and is reported to run 12.5 kilometres for the main line and 21.8 kilometres for the on-off ramps at the interchanges. So total of what you mentioned just now, 34.3 kilometres. So a point to note here is the ram seem to be very long, mm. 21.8 kilometres. So we do not have a firm picture of the alignment because the developer has not shared with the public, uh, neither have the authorities or the government. So I guess this long ramps is probably because they are running at a gradient of maybe one is to forty. That is acceptable for vehicles, and it will probably reach to very great heights because the number of uh, interchanges is just about four in either direction. Mm. Yeah, okay. And uh, apart from this, yes, you mentioned it is tall. There are two toll plazas: one at Jalan Harapan near the Section Nineteen and SS Two area, and another at PJ South near Taman Tato Harun. Okay. Mm. All right.
0: And uh, as so, you know, it's, it's been in the news a lot, but maybe you can help clarify also what the current status of the project is. I mean, is it approved? Is it, you know, what, what's happening with it?
1: Yeah. Current news, hot from the oven. <laughs> uh, the Works Ministry, I believe, published a report on the 6th of July after our street protest that we held on 2nd July. Mm-hmm. So they responded to say the cabinet agreement in principle has been given as far back as November 2017. Okay, So All that right. is even during the previous BN government. But it says it's still subject to impact assessment study. And then the concession agreement was reported to be signed on the 5th April 2022 between the government and uh, this company called PJD Link M Syndrome. On the 23rd May, the Works Minister, Fadila Yusuf also announced the approval of three highways, and PJD Link is one of them. In addition to that, in, on the state front, the Selangor Economic Action Council, or MTES, Majlis Tindakan Economy Selangor, has also given in-principle approval, apparently during a meeting as far back as 3rd September 2020. So in the meantime, what caused a lot of uh, discomfort or maybe even displeasure is that we have read statements by the Menteri Bazaar of Selangor, Amiruddin Shari, and also state ex-co-member in charge of infrastructures and public utilities, into Izam Hashim. They have made statements that seem to lean in favour towards the developer, asking the residents to give them a chance and uh, wait for their give back, uh, uh, feedbacks. And the uh, government will then evaluate the project together with other planned developments. Yeah, so that is about the status from the state and the federal government. Okay,
0: all right. And I mean, we both know that there was another sort of proposed project called the Kidex Highway Project, right? And that was already scrapped uh, a while ago. I know you were also involved in the protest against that. How are these two projects related, if at all?
1: Yeah, I think the PJD link is uh, clearly a rehash of the Kidex, or uh, what was known as Kinrara Damansara Expressway. Yeah. I was the secretary of a uh, movement called Zeno to Kidex, mm-hmm. and that was cancelled in February 2015 by then Menteri Besar Selangor, Tato Sri Mohammad Azmin Ali. Mm. Uh, unfortunately for now, as I mentioned just now, the final alignment of this uh, PJDL is not published, not announced by the developer, neither by the authorities or the government, but the residents have cited at least two options and the difference between Kidex. And PJD link is only in the midsection, okay. somewhere around section 14 of Petaling Jaya. Mm-hmm. And that makes up maybe about 20% of the routing that's different from KEDEX. The rest of it is very much remains the same. Uh, quantitatively, if, if you know, we're interested to look at the quantity, the lengths, uh, KEDEX was 14.9 for the main line, 11.2 kilometers for the on-off ramps totally 26.1 kilometres. As I mentioned just now, the new proposed PJD Link Highway is 12.5 for the main line, 21.8 kilometres for the ramps, making a total of 34.3 kilometres. So the essential difference seems to lie in the length of the ramps. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have yet to find out why. Okay, so there
0: is a lack of information there, right? Um, and That's right. and Yeah, and... I'm curious to know, you mentioned PJD Link Sundarian Berhad, right? I mean, but who? So, who is this uh, highway being proposed by? Why is it being proposed and what are the supposed benefits? We mentioned it very briefly earlier, but what are some of the... Uh, maybe you can list on all the proposed benefits of this highway.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm just reading based on uh, information and reports from PJD Link M Sundarian Berhad, which is a private company controlled by Tan Hari Narayanan Sami. His son, Amrish Hari Narayanan, is the executive director and uh, PJD Link M in Rambra is owned 70% by Noble Max Resources in and 30% by PJD Link Holdings in The developer claims the travelling time between Banda Utama, uh, which is towards the north, and Kinrara to the south will be cut from approximately one hour to 15 minutes and in general will serve the current and future traffic needs of PJ area, relieving heavy traffic on PJ local roads. They also claim the highway will connect to existing highways such as NKVE, Sprint, the Federal Highway, the uh, New Pantai Expressway, Kursas, and the Bukit Jali Highway. In addition to that, the developer claims this will bring in economic benefits, as you mentioned just now. It will simulate the construction sector affected by COVID-19. It will lead to new awards of road contracts. And it supports an average of 12,000 jobs per year. I believe these are the reasons they justify building a highway across PJ.
0: Okay, all right. So this is from their uh, official website, right, that you've uh, gotten this information. Um, But of course, you know, despite these supposed benefits, um, there are many, including uh, the organisation that you are part of, the Stakeholders Come Residents Against PJD Link or Scrap Highway. You are opposing this project. Maybe you can help explain uh, why, why you guys are against it. Um, Well, it's going to take
1: uh, (laughs) several minutes. Go for it, yes. Firstly, on the traffic aspects, uh, I, I'm a semi-retired engineer. I have uh, run my own consultancy firm for 40 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do not believe this highway will relieve traffic congestion. In fact, on the contrary, it will actually bring in more traffic to PJ local roads and it will cause choke points traffic congestion. Yeah. So uh, maybe first on the traffic, the claims by PJDL. The links to the highways are not direct. For example, they mentioned just now connecting to federal highway. Mm-hmm. But uh, when PJDL discharge to Jalan Panchala, you know, traffic from the decks running down to Jalan Pencala in front of the uh, Selengo, I mean, sorry, the PJ Police uh, Headquarters, mm-hmm. Section Eight, uh, it actually then connects to Jalan Barat and then only to the federal highway. So you've got this uh, reversal of road hierarchy, you know from a two-lane highway, and then going down to local roads, mm. which is not proper town planning principles. And, and because of this, you don't really get a direct connection. I can go, go on, you know, to give examples. And they also claim, uh, in some reports, they're linking to public transport stations, but these are not existent. There is one ramp up from Jalan SS20-10, which is Damansara Utama, mm-hmm. or near Damansara Kim, it's near to the MRT station at TDDI, but then there's a ramp up, you know. It's not like a ramp down, you, you drive, you park, then you ride, you know. But it's not. It is a ramp up. And uh, apart from that, I don't see any links based on the two options cited. I don't see any links at all to LRT stations at Kelana Jaya, Taman Bahagia, Taman Paramount, Asia Jaya, and Taman Jaya in PJ. Mm, right? Yeah. So moving on to the environmental aspects, we talk about air quality, yeah? yeah. The gas emissions from burning gasoline and diesel, I think this is a common topic, everybody knows about it, creates carbon monoxide, nitrogen dioxide, hydrocarbons and lead fumes. This will contribute to formation of what we call ground level ozone mm-hmm. smog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is compounded by the gas emissions going to be trapped by these elevated decks, yeah, yeah. from yeah. cars that are on great existing traffic. Yeah. And then we also read reports, studies that say tyre wares can actually add to the particulate matter that's suspended in, suspended in the air. And the wind, depending on its uh, speed and its direction, it can blow these pollutants to as far as two kilometres away. Mm-hmm. So the whole of PJ will be affected by a project like that, which will then move on to trigger health problems such as aggravated asthma, reduced lung capacity, increased susceptibility to respiratory illnesses, including pneumonia and bronchitis. So to us, this is an absolute no-no. The environmental impact is great. Apart from that noise, both during and post-construction, noise uh, as recorded in the EIA study of the then for construction machinery, already average, there was a tabulation. Uh, we're talking about 80 to 90 decibels for existing uh, traffic add-on to the, what we call a tunnel effect you know, of reflecting off new concrete structures. So everything will be compounded to, I'm sure, beyond 90 decibels. And in the long run, we know that these uh, noise levels will actually cause uh, permanent hearing damage. And this will probably exceed the guidelines for environmental noise limits and control uh, 2007. And then uh, on to flooding. You see, basically, when you have more concrete decks, you have more tar roads, uh, rainwater cannot. Infiltrate into the grounds, Mm, you know, mm -hmm. unlike the current uh, medians where there are trees, there are uh, landscaped green areas, and also the same with the road sidewalks. Yeah, so when you have uh, concrete decks built and everything is tall, then this will cause flash floods. Yeah, in fact, in uh, December 2021, our PM is my actually said. EKVE could have contributed to the floods then in Hululangat. Yes. You know, then, of course, we have to learn from our lessons, You know the flash floods in Jalan Tuta, in Sha'alam, Taman Sri Muda, you know, Klang, just to name a few places. We have to avoid this by learning lessons from what we are experiencing instead of compounding the damage. And then there will be a lot of trees that are cut off along the alignment. I think as many as 200 just along the Jalan Professor Kuke Kim and Jalan Panchala, which is uh, Old Town PJ. And this has obvious effects on ecology, the flora and fauna of a mature city, which is already scarce yeah. as it is, you know. <laughs> and then the use of cement yeah, to cast the concrete. The use of cement is reported to be responsible for 6 to 8% of carbon dioxide emissions globally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The cement industry contributes supposed to be more CO2 than the aviation fuel at 2.5% and not far behind agriculture business rated at 12%. Wow. Yeah. These are what studies and statistics show. Okay. So when we cast great volumes of concrete, you know, the carbon dioxide and other greenhouse gases act like a blanket or a cap trapping some of the heat and this relates to something uh, that an academic professor has written recently in the papers about urban heat islands effect yes. you know which is rise in temperatures in urban areas by as much as six degrees centigrade i think there was a recent news report by professor muhammad zali shah muhammad hussein of university technology malaysia and he said These are aggravated by densely constructed buildings and paved road surfaces. So concrete decks of an elevated highway Mm -hmm. obviously contributed the same. And then there are vibrations, construction machineries, passing vehicles, waste management, you know, namely rubbish disposal, construction debris, which may lead to possible illegal dumping at least during the construction phase. And then there's soil erosion, sedimentation, reduction in flow capacity, especially in one of the options of alignment, which runs in the river reserve of Sungai Penchala. So that's going to cause reduction in flow capacity, rubbish trapped in the rivers. Something that is obviously quite unthinkable and undesirable. Apart from that, even aesthetics, you know, visually, this highway is going to be very obstructive with the piers and the elevated decks. And they will become a physical and psychological divide caused by the big humongous structures across the city. And so this, this will cause what we call an urban disconnect, you know, visually, physically and psychologically. Of course, last but not least is the accident risks, which are during and post-construction and has been, you know, reported in the cases of other highways' construction.
0: Sure. All right. Uh, Okay, David, thanks for for laying that out. Let's just go for one quick break. Let's come back and talk about some alternatives that we could explore. I'm speaking today to David Jung. He's the chairman of the Stakeholders Come Residents Against PJD Link or Scrap Highway Team. We are talking about the proposed PJD Link and why so many residents and so many stakeholders are against it. We'll have more after this quick break. You're listening to Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. Welcome back. This is Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture. I'm Juliet Jacobs. Joining me in the studio today is David Jung. He's the chairman of the Stakeholders Come Residents Against PJD Link or Scrap Highway Team. We are discussing the Patalingjaya Jaya Dispersal Link or the PJD Link Highway, which is a proposed 34.3km two-lane dual carriageway expressway which supposedly will act as traffic dispersal for the Patalingjaya Jaya area and is seen to serve as an alternative to traffic congested areas. But as David pointed out before the break, there are many reasons why this might not work Uh, and you know, I was reading a recent article uh, by Bernama, actually, David, and it quoted two academics, Masriya Mustafa and Kulantayan KC Mani, as saying that the construction of more highways such as the PJD Link could instead worsen the situation. So, for example, they said uh, that it will only lead to more private vehicles on the roads. It might also cause bottlenecks when vehicles reduce speeds to merge into single lanes at exit points. We've seen that in other highways. And also uh, increasing road capacity will also see people continue the habit of using private vehicles instead of public transport. What are your thoughts on some of these things that they've said?
1: Yeah, most certainly. I I read the reports and I certainly agree with these two professors. First of all, as you mentioned, or as they mentioned, (laughs) it will induce traffic, you know, it will induce and encourage more use of cars instead of uh, planning for more sustainable, multimodal forms of transportation such as buses, trains, even bicycles and walking. yeah. Uh, the interchanges, they are hot spots for choke points. Travelling time, albeit maybe shortened on the deck, will be lengthened again by vehicles queuing up to get in and out mm. of the, the ramps to, to get up to the elevated highway. Mm. And uh, to make things worse, based on what we have cited, some of these ramps are actually built on the existing medians Okay. So when the cars get out of the highway, they're coming down the ramp in the median and they will try to exit into the fast lane of the existing roads.
0: Oh, I yeah. see. Okay. Yeah. okay. I mean,
1: there are ramps also built on the sidewalks. Yeah. Those may be better. Mm-hmm. But here you have a median ramp and they're going to be merging into the f- existing fast lane on great traffic.
0: Wow. Okay. Yeah.
1: So I think this will be quite chaotic. It sounds chaotic. Yeah. Yeah. As I mentioned before, this will be reversing what we call road hierarchy. You know, you're discharging heavy vehicular volumes into local roads and without buffer roads. You know, some overseas countries, if you do that, then they'll get into like six lane, maybe get into a four lane arterial road and then into a two lane and then maybe into a one lane local road. Here, none, no buffers, straight onto our existing local roads. And these local roads, I think, will suffer more congestion as a result. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think in saying that, uh, I should add that this highway is more of a pass-through facility for people, you know, maybe from NKVE, Sprint, wanting to just go to Kinrara, Puchong, right. you know. Right. But uh, we will talk about the alternatives uh, later on. But right now, uh, I just want to say one more thing that is not going to work with this highway because you're building over existing roads, yeah? Mm -hmm. So, uh, the deck is actually running in alignment that is having bands of almost 90 degrees. Okay. So, it's very difficult to satisfy what we call geometric design standards and also design speeds, you know, breaking distances and so on and so forth of a highway, Mm. which is why when we look at the 2D graphics maps that were obtained from the developer by some parties, some residents who have met them, we noticed some of the speed limits on that so-called highway is only 60 kilometers per hour. I see. So it doesn't make it very much of a highway.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Because of the constraints.
0: All right. Okay. And, you know, as you mentioned as well, David, you're a semi-retired engineer yourself. Mm. Uh, let's talk about some alternatives. You know, what would you say, because let's face it, there are traffic problems. PJ does have a lot of traffic problems. But what would you say are better alternatives or other solutions to solve it? And I guess not just PJ, but also, you know, Clang Valley's uh, problems as well. I mean, the default always seems to be more told highways. I don't think that, <laughs> I really don't think that's the solution. But what are your thoughts?
1: Well, I'm going to start by qualifying that I have my own personal views as an engineer. Okay. <laughs> but I also represent uh, a group and I'm also now working in association with other resistance groups. Uh, and all of them have uh, different views. So as I go along, I'll, I'll explain you know what I personally feel and what they would prefer me to say you know on the air <laughs> sure <laughs> yeah. all right so first of all of course uh, the, the the happy answer for everybody is we should go for as i mentioned you know more sustainable forms of transportation multi uh we should improve the first and last mile connectivity for example i've taken an LRT from kl back to taman bahagia which is near to ss2 yeah yeah, yeah. uh I didn't want to call a grab. I do not want to wait for the bus. I decided to walk. I think the distance was about 2.6 kilometers to my home. Okay. Yeah. But uh, it was a very sweaty affair, obviously, Mm -hmm. at about 5.30, I think. Uh, air, you know, very humid and not exactly the best quality air to breathe in as you walk and have heavy breathing. So I think if we improve some of these things, which is often talked about, but how do we go about it? Mm -hmm. I think we we really need to delve into the details, you know. Cycling, uh, in our group, we have a guy, his name is Justin Lee. He started something called Bike Commute KL. They are, yeah, people with a lot of ideas, you know, how to... Like, for example, make overhead pedestrian crossings more accessible, more f- user-friendly to the cyclists. You know, maybe the expensive way will be introducing escalators, or lifts, mm-hmm. uh, but even simple manual ramps. As I understand, some have been built in Putrajaya. So as they walk up the steps, they can just manually push the bikes up these ramps, mm-hmm. like a channel, you know, sure. so that the tyres can run in this, uh, as they ascend or descend the steps. And then... Walking, as I mentioned, uh, one thing I've seen in some overseas countries is they link the commercial, the residential buildings with overhead pedestrian bridges, and these are accessible by lifts, escalators. Obviously, they could even be actually let out, you know, for vendors to sell stuff as you walk. You don't feel too bored, mm-hmm. yeah. Maybe even aircon, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, but just basically make them very breezy and user friendly, even for the okay use. Uh, One of the things that Justin mentioned to me was as a cyclist, for example, if he's from uh, Banda Utama or Damansara Jaya, then there is always a sprint or the LDP that's uh, a divide, you know, such that with the existing facilities now, he cannot easily cross over to the other side and continue his cycling. I see. Okay. Because the pedestrian bridges are not too user-friendly to them. Okay. Yeah. So these are the areas where I think uh, we, we, we should uh, get the government to engage with us, the civil society groups, the actual users like cyclist groups, you know, and then we can work on improvements. And of course, policies must go hand in hand with uh, things like limiting or discouraging vehicle ownership, Yeah. Mm-hmm. driving on maybe alternate days, Mm-hmm. I don't know how f- uh, feasible that is, Feasible yeah. this is, but again I know in other countries they do this, you know, on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, this zone can drive, other zones don't drive, you know. Mm. Of course the other thing is flexible working hours, uh vehicle entry charges which is a very sensitive topic into the central business district like I think what Singapore does. In in parallel there should be decentralization strategy. I think PJ uh, and I'm addressing MPPJ and all the councillors and the Ardoons and the MPs here. I think they should all try to stop building all these high-density developments that are going like 40 storeys and 50 storeys high. I, I don't want to mention the specific development, but we see them all around. Mm. Some are just starting in, in, in uh, roads that are like two lane. Uh, one-way direction and it's leading to a 40, 50-storey development. Another one also in PJ is a one-way exit, one-way entry, you know, and it's another three blocks of 51 and I think 42 and 41 storeys. So this all must go hand in hand and, and if there's this decentralisation I'm coming to the sensitive part, that is my preference. Mm-hmm. If there's decentralisation, then I think we can build sub-urban highways Okay, can highways. You- they circumvent the cities. What they we- are what we call peripheral or circular roads. I think those of us who are like me, old enough to remember, mm-hmm. Jalan Tun Razak used to be called uh, Jalan Pergeliling, okay. circular road. Right, yeah, right. because before that part of Ampang was developed, mm-hmm. uh, this road was actually going around the skirt, skirting around uh, KL City. Okay, uh, and it was very useful. Of course, now we have the Ring Road, you know, which is more or less the same purpose. So. Uh, I'm being an engineer I feel okay if you want to build build suburban highways yeah because there will be maybe 40% of car owners who have to drive and also those uh, vehicles that deliver goods you know? mm-hmm. there's no alternatives right now yeah mm. and of course uh, there are also other solutions uh, since we are on this topic you know if you want to build don't build a highway across the whole city just build short spans flyovers you know, if you look at what is happening uh, in Section 16, the junction of uh, Jalan Professor Ungu Aziz, as <laughs> used to be called Jalan University and Jalan Kemajuan. Yes. Yeah, yes. this is a flyover. Yes. Yeah, used to have a uh, traffic line, and a lot of jams. With a flyover, you can basically, you know, go eight directions. Four, but because you're going straight, you can turn left and turn right, so it becomes eight directions. Yeah? yeah. So I think simple solutions to relieve... Uh, localised choke points will be very effective. And these are some of the things, I mean, overall, I carry the voices of those people who say we should go for public transport, no highways. But then again, I can't help but mentioning my belief as an engineer that they have to be alternatives to to, to serve the drivers as well.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, we do know also that public transportation, there is that issue, as you mentioned as well, uh, the last mile connectivity and all of these sorts of things. So there's a lot of things that need uh, improvement. But just talking about PJ Dealing, and as you mentioned, you know, you are part of uh, many of the uh, resistance groups, I suppose, as you called it. Mm -hmm. Um, In terms of, you know, engagement between the government, uh, the the developers, what is your report card in terms of how they've been uh, engaging with you guys and all the other affected stakeholders over this particular project?
1: Generally, I think civil society, resistance groups like us will say that it leaves much room for improvement. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We often say uh, the politicians, government and authorities, they do not engage with us enough. And there's often this top-down approach, you know, and sometimes traces of political interference uh, in making decisions such as building a highway. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Uh, to quote someone that I met about two weeks ago, or maybe three weeks by now, is uh, Dr. Rosli Azad Khan. He is the transport consultant who actually wrote the independent review of the KEDEX Expressway as appointed by MPBJ back in 2014. Uh, and he also wrote recently, uh, on the 9th of July to be exact, that there is overlapping ministries and agencies that are affecting effective transport planning, you know. So he was referring to transport ministry, finance ministry, and works ministries. And uh, they don't seem to work hand-in-hand with one another. As a result, public transport services and transport system planning have become fragmented. Mm. This is what he wrote, yeah. And uh, this is what I'm going to add. The practice of public-private partnership, PPP, or what is also commonly called PFI, Public finance initiative, yeah, whereby one monopoly private party makes a proposal to the government, and approvals are given without apparent reference back to a master plan framework. Mm. And uh, to make things worse, we still government is still practicing awarding these sort of contracts without open, transparent, accountable tender. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as it is, uh, doing the thirty four point three kilometers highway is already tough enough to estimate accurate costs because you have uh, uncertain ground conditions, you may have underground services that need to be diverted. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for any party, uh, given due credit to work out costs as accurately as possible, but knowing also they have to take all the risks. Yeah. Yeah? All the risks, all the funding, which can be recouped only over years of the concession collecting tolls. I mean, if I'm involved, I will also have to pad up this cost, you know, as contingencies, yeah, yeah. So the practice is therefore, in itself, as a concept, you know, of doing huge infrastructure projects like this, is already not the right way to move. Yeah, it's not. It's not going to contribute to a healthy or effective ecosystem for long-term planning and implementation nice. with a consistency of purpose. Of course, uh, I have to say the developer is not even firming up or publishing the final alignment. No engagement with residents other than some sporadic meetings with, I understand, some residents groups. Um, No EIA, no TIA, no SIA submitted to date. No town hall meeting called or arranged to be called by the authorities. On our own, we have, uh, together with uh, resident associations and other resistance groups, we have also engaged with some state assembly persons or the Arduns. And they kept saying they cannot comment until submissions are made by the developer. I will comment on that further later. On to the MPs in Petaling Jaya, one is very vociferous in voicing objections to this proposed PJD link. We're thankful for that uh, for her for her consistent efforts. Uh, but another from Damansara, who happened to always champion, you know, abolishing tolls in the past and labeling highway projects as cronyism projects given out by the then-BN government. He is strangely and uh, conspicuously quiet all this while. We wonder why. We uh, invited him to forums, we invited him to meetings, we invited him even to the street protests on 2nd of July, but uh, no show. So, uh, as I said, in general, civil society feels there is lack of engagement. I don't know what you know we can do to improve on this. We certainly hope that... Uh, this program helps to bring you know, our message to the ears of these uh, powers that be, so to speak.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. I hear you loud and clear, David. All right. (laughs) One more quick break, David. We'll come back. Let's talk about, you know, what it is that uh, the Scrap Highway team are asking for. I'm speaking today to David Jung. He's the chairman of the Stakeholders Come Residents Against PJD Link or Scrap Highway Team. We're talking about why they are, about what the PJD Link is all about and why some residents are against it. We'll have more after this quick break. You're listening to Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. Welcome back, this is Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture. I'm Juliette Jacobs. With me today is David Yung. He's the chairman of the Stakeholders Come Residents Against PJD Link or Scrap Highway Team. They are a group that are opposing the uh, new proposed PJD Link or Pataling Jaya Dispersal Link Highway. It is a proposed 343 kilometre two-lane dual carriageway expressway and is meant to act as a traffic dispersal for the PJ area. So um, David has been outlining you know, some of the uh, uh, reasons why residents are against it, why stakeholders are against it and also some alternatives to it. And now, David, you know, um, I, I didn't ask you this earlier, but maybe you can tell me a little bit about the group, uh, you know, that make up the Scrap Highway team, uh, what it is you guys are championing for and what it is that you guys are calling on both the federal and state government to do. I mean, you have some demands. Am I correct?
1: Yes, yes, yes. As I mentioned, I was with the Say No to Kidex group. So this is nothing new to me. <laughs> uh, if it helps, my house in SS2 is at least one kilometer away from the nearest uh, highway alignment. Okay. So it is not because it's in my backyard or my front gate is going to face a pier. You know? I just do not believe urban highways work. And I, I think, as we mentioned, you know, all the environmental impacts and social impacts and everything is very undesirable. So Scrap, uh, funnily, this time started because I took the 2D maps, uh, at least one option of it, the mm-hmm. one that runs in the Sungai Panchala Reserve. And I did a three-dimensional interpretation of it. Okay. I, I took a Google map. And I took a three D software and I started building up buildings and started building up these decks with high uh, concrete piers. And some of the areas, we, it really shows you, you know, let let people envision, very visualize, very clearly how the highway just meanders between existing buildings.
0: Right. Right. You
1: know. So I did that, uh, but because some of the wordings I uh, uh, sort of uh, projected in the video carried some wordings, how shall I say it, uh, certain groups uh, felt they, they were very cautious they they dare not host it on their websites for example, okay, you know, okay. sensitive words or words that might lead to uh, actions by Groups with vested interests. Yeah? Either way, yeah. Okay. So I thought, okay, if that's the case, then I'll form my own group. So that's how <laughs> Scrap was formed. And I thought, yeah, stakeholders come residents against PGDL. Very good. You mm-hmm. know, it's got a, a good acronym meaning. Uh, and then uh, I've got a friend, Mike, uh, Michael come. you know, who has been with me in the Say no to Kidex days. Mm-hmm. And uh, he came along and helped. And since then, the uh, group has grown by uh, showing. Our presentation, sometimes Zoom, uh, one case was physical, uh, Section 14. Uh, and that was just promoting the same message message that I wish to carry across to the residents and the stakeholders of PJ. Uh, then we w- ended up working with a group uh, that is comprising younger people. It's called Say No to PJD Link. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a webpage, www.saynodepjdlink.com. Dot org. Mm-hmm. They are young people, very IT savvy, you know, so uh, they use, make full use of social media platforms like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter mm-hmm. and uh we are, we are working working very well now. So even though we are different groups, different people, we have common chat groups, uh, WhatsApp, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, anyway, that, that's a brief history of how it comes about. Okay, yeah. all right. We're still working on recruiting uh, more volunteers. So if anybody wish to help out, please, yeah. Mm-hmm contact BfM and then you'll be able to get me
0: yes okay definitely and and as I mentioned you know um, you are calling on uh, well you have some demands for both yes, the yes, federal yes, and state yes, government yes, yes, uh, maybe yes. you could help outline
1: what those are maybe I, I'll, I'll touch you know in, 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 in a broad spectrum huh? first sure. of all uh, MPBj it has got its aspirations greening aspirations I think one of them is the noble objective of low carbon city yeah you know which is uh, reducing emissions by 2030. And then, of course, there is this uh, Local Agenda 21, which is a voluntary initiative which MBBJ has embraced and implemented back in the late 90s in conjunction with the 1992 Earth Summit at Rio, Brazil. And it involves climate control, environmental protection uh, with community participation and partnership. Yeah, And then again, there is also this thing called the Town and Country Planning Act 172, which is an act for proper control and regulation of town and country planning in the whole of Peninsular Malaysia, not only PJ, not mm-hmm. only Selangor, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, among the provisions include measures for improvement of the physical living environment, management of traffic, improvement of socioeconomic economic well being, improvement of landscape and open spaces, preservation and planting of trees, and facilitating sustainable development. Yeah. So I put in a broad spectrum. We just wish the government, the authorities, look at the science and the engineering, right? The obvious health and environmental impacts is not something we cook up. Yeah. You know, it's something that is out in open platforms. Anybody can read about that, the studies, the statistics, you know. The social impact, people who have been living in PJ maybe since the 50s and 60s, you know, they're going to be displaced. Yeah. I mean, this may be a, my backyard thing, you know, but it's real, yeah? Yeah. yeah traffic cures induce devaluation to properties. So we talk about socio-economic uh, 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 uplift, you know, but this is the reverse. You're going to devalue properties. And this thing that uh, PGDL claims to bring about uh, economic benefits, we believe that it might bring to about 10% of the people, mm. the contractors, the builders, the material suppliers, but certainly not the average man on the street. Yeah, no economic benefits. Uh, so look at the, the guidelines that we mentioned, the policies that are very good. And you cannot have a huge gap, you know, a so-called dichotomy between your plans and your actions. Yeah, you, have, you, have to, you have to act you know, according to what you plan consistently. You know? And of course, listen to the people's grouses. Do not approve a, a highway that the people do not want. Uh, now on the issue of tolls, okay? I'm going to put it this way. Eh? This toll highway, if it is built, will send a very pervasive message and probing questions onto the minds of voters who have supported the Pakatan Harapan government since 2008. The question will be as to whether this is yet another incident of reneging manifesto pledges. Yeah, In fact, all the elected representatives, not only in PJ, anyone with Pakatan Harapan should take a concern on your image, on, 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 on your accountability, your transparency and your competency and you should declare a stand against this highway simply to keep promises within the Pakatan Harapan government as per your manifesto. Yeah, whether it's 2008, 2013 or 2018. Yeah, yeah. and and just one more point to add, in 2014, the Arduns then, in PJ and Kinrara they made an immediate announcement in the papers to support public transport. They say this alignment, if at all used, it should be reserved for public transport. But the Arduns for two zero one eight term have not done the same. We have asked some of them, why don't you do that? Mm. The answer was what I mentioned, or oh, they have the the developer has not submitted plans, and therefore we cannot comment.
0: Okay. Yeah. All right. So hopefully that, um, you know, the developers do, do, you know, present their plans and then we will hear from uh, the Adun's and the elected MPs. But of course, the f- you folks at Scrap Highway and also I think the Say No to PJD Link folks are keeping up the campaign against this proposed highway development. Uh, what are some plans that you have uh, coming up? So you had a very recent uh, peaceful protest. I think it was just yes, last yes, week. Yes, or a,
1: couple silent of weeks a silent street protest. silent street
0: protest. What yeah. are some other plans in the pipeline?
1: Okay, the next Silent Street protest will be held on 23rd July. It's also a Saturday. It's also starting from 9 to 10 a.m. But this time, the location will be at Banda Otama. It is actually the traffic island uh, and the overhead bridge along Lebo, Banda Otama. Yeah. Okay. yeah? Mm-hmm. So, uh, listeners, do come and join us, support us. Uh, we chose this location because uh, in terms of... Uh, Strategic visibility. Uh, I think. I think traffic along the Sprint will be able to see our banners, mm-hmm. and the traffic island that I mentioned about. I think if we just line the people along the whole edge of the island, it probably can carry about one hundred to one hundred and twenty people, and we will be all holding banners, big and small, uh, silent. By the way, we have got uh, notification to police done. PDRM. Okay. Uh, the last time I held it, uh, 2nd July, we got interviewed. Post-event, we also got interviewed. Mm-hmm. But the police told us, yeah, you kept to what you committed. You know, There were no speeches made. Uh, there was no marching. Huh? Uh, and and uh, it was exactly what we wanted, just to be a silent street protest to get a message across. Of course, uh, if cars passing by wish to honk, we welcome you to do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, so uh, you are looking for folks to join. And, you know, if anyone's
0: interested to get involved with this, um, what would be most uh, useful to you guys at Scrap Highway? Also, I guess, you know, to the Say No to PJD link folks, uh, yeah, what sort of uh, help would be most useful?
1: Say No to PJD link, as I mentioned, they're very uh, internet savvy. They've got a web page. So I'll repeat it, Mm www.saynotopjdlink.org. So in there... You can actually uh, add in your voice of protest by casting a vote online. Okay. Yeah. And the count will then be updated. Okay? To date, there are about two, three, two, zero protests recorded. Yeah. Uh, we also make available banners. When I say we, it started by Say No to PJD Link. Not Scrap. I don't want to take the credit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But as I mentioned, we are working closely with them. So we make banners available. If you wish, you uh, 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 log in to the website and, uh, uh, or send them an email at admin at sayno to pjdlink.org. Okay. Yeah? You can write in, you can ask for a banner, you can hang it up at the front gate of your house or if you live in an apartment or a condominium, perhaps you can hang it up in your high windows or on the walls of the compound if your building management permits it. Um, apart from that uh, we are also hoping to get more buy-ins from other PJ residents yeah the message that I have been putting across to these other people is that if today you think you can sleep on the fence this may turn out to be your nightmare tomorrow (laughs) meaning it's a precedence you know so today a highway cuts across this part of PJ in future you keep on generating more cars more high density developments Obviously, then another highway will be built elsewhere. Maybe this time along Jalan Kasing, you know, for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we are also canvassing support from uh, commercial entities. Our experience with KEDEX uh, found that we established that if it is just one entity, you know, being business people, they are a bit worried to act. Yeah, but right. well, when we group them together, like in the Kidex days, they call themselves commercial entities against KidEx. Mm. And uh, they even managed to arrange a meeting with uh, then minister in prime minister's department. Uh, I think it's uh, Wahid Omar. Okay. And I went along with them. I was a spokesman. I was the guy who started talking why we shouldn't have the highway. The rest were just having coffee and saying hi, you know, because (laughs) I understand they're business people. We also are trying to approach NGOs like the uh, environmental ones, especially, you Mm -hmm. know, set them, think, city, a few people that we have in mind so that we can get more buy-ins. And eventually this will lead to petitions memorandums to the MB, to the works minister, to the state Exco members or even the MTES uh, group that met and gave in principle agreement uh, better still if we can get them to meet with us, they'll be the best
0: mm-hmm. yeah, okay all right. Well, thank you so much, uh, David, for joining me today. I've been speaking to David Yung, Chairman of the Stakeholders Come Residents Against PJD Link or Scrap Highway Team. We were talking about the PJD Link and, you know, the reasons why the group and other resistance groups are against this project. Again, as David mentioned, if you'd like to find out more, you can head to the Say No to PJD Link website. That's saynotopjdlink.org. Uh, find out how you can get involved if you are interested to do so. And if you miss any part of our conversation today, you can always download the podcast at bfm.my/ Earth, or you can find it on the BFM app. This has been Earth Matters on the Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to BFM.my or find us on iTunes, BFM 89.9, the business station.